0: I want to take you guys on to a very special place in Nevada. It's a desert area called Death Valley. Now, Death Valley is one of the most barren areas on the face of the planet. It's way too hot and it's way too dry. Nothing can live there and nothing can grow there. But in March 2005, due to very specific weather conditions, big rain clouds came in, normally never seen in this area. And for a few hours, rain poured down on the sand, on the dry desert land. And as a result, this happened. The whole desert was turned into an amazing, beautiful, colorful garden. Death Valley went all Isaiah on us. You know, the wasteland will be turned into a beautiful garden, amen? And people from all over the world came to study this amazing miracle, how what seemed to be the most barren area in the world turned into this amazing, colorful garden. How could this happen? Well, the key, my friend, is because there were seeds in the ground. They were seeds in the ground since years past, but they hadn't uh, shown their true potential because the conditions were not yet right. There were seeds in the ground waiting for the right time and the right conditions to start to grow and unleash their potential. And why do I share this with you? You guys know where I'm going with this. God has placed seeds in your heart, my friend. God has placed seeds in your heart and some of those seeds has got 2021 written all over them. Some of those seeds. And maybe, maybe the devil tried to give you a hard time and maybe he tried to create Death Valley areas in your life. And you might look at that area of your life. You may look at that area of your marriage or your job, your career, your family, your church if you're a pastor or a leader and say, there is nothing there, there's no hope, nothing can grow and nothing can live. But I just speak out over your life for 2021. There's a rain coming your way. There's a rain coming your way. And whatever death valley you might've stared at for many, many years, I do believe together with you that that death valley is gonna be turned into a beautiful garden. Can we give some praise to God in church? And you know, We always find God in the business of turning death valleys into beautiful gardens. We see that all throughout scripture. And I wanna bring you to Genesis chapter 17 and the story of when God comes to a man named Abram. And uh, Abram has a death valley in his life. He's got no children. And God speaks some very specific and strange words into Abram's life. He says, as for me, Genesis 17, verse four and five, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father. Everybody says, you will be a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Everybody says, I have made you. So you will be a father for I have made you a father. My friend, you can be everything that God has already made you. And what has he made me? We see Ephesians 1 and 4 says that he planned you, he called you even before the foundation of the world. Imagine that. Your life was planned out by God even before he said, let there be light the whole root of your life, the whole, every single dream, every single seed was already planned out and then, He needed you together in your mother's womb, according to Psalms 139. And as he did that, he placed seeds inside your heart, seeds that would come up and come alive in the due time, in the right time, as the reign of the Holy Spirit will say, now, this is the right time. This is the season. So in God's eyes, because he planned you before the foundation of the world, and he placed seeds inside of you from the very beginning, you are already, a father abraham and because you already are a father you can also become a father you can always become everything that god has already made you i'm not saying that you can become anything some people think they can become anything and you can't you could just have to check out some clips on america's got talent (laughs) and the or the voice And there's this guy who really thinks he can sing and then he opens his mouth and we go, oh, your mother should have told you before you went on national TV, maybe this is not your thing. Maybe there's something else that you might be really good at. You cannot become anything, my friend, but you can become everything that God has already made you. Everything that God has already made you. Everything He called you to be before the foundation of the world. Anything that connects with the seeds already planted in your heart. He has called you to be holy so you can live a holy life. He's called you to be more than a conqueror so you can become more than a conqueror. Not because of your own strength and personality, but because there are seeds planted in the ground. And even if that ground temporarily might look like a death valley, the reign of the Holy Spirit can change all that. Can we say amen? amen? You see that also in the life of Gideon in Judges chapter six, remember? Gideon is a young teenager, scared to death and with the lowest possible self-esteem. And God comes to him and says, you are a mighty warrior. Is God lying? No. God called Gideon to be a mighty warrior before the foundation of the world. He placed seeds to become a mighty warrior in the heart of Gideon, and that's that's why Gideon can now be everything that God has already made him. You can be a father, for I've made you a father. You can be a mighty warrior, for I have made you a mighty warrior, amen? So if God called you, before the foundation of the world, and if God has already placed seeds in the ground, though they might be in a death valley right now, and if God is also the God sending the rain, then what is our part in the equation? What are we supposed to do? I'm gonna tell you. We need to make sure that our heart is good ground. Our heart is good ground. My friend, the word heart The Hebrew and Greek words for the human heart is the second most used word in the Bible. Second only to the name of the Lord. That tells us something. It tells us how important it is that we guard our hearts, that we purify our hearts, that we keep our hearts clean, amen? Not only because God just wants us to, but because our heart is the breeding ground for the seeds of God's plans for our future. And if we keep our hearts pure, if we keep our hearts clean, then there's no death valley in the world that can keep God's seeds from growing up in its due time. Amen. I want to share with you today two... Um, attitudes of the heart that is needed in order for God's seeds to grow, amen? So the first attitude that the Bible speaks repeatedly about that is absolutely vital and important and necessary for God's seeds to grow is a humble heart. God's seeds will only grow in a humble heart. And every time there is a list in the Bible of stuff that God hates, pride will be right there at the top. Why? Because pride aborts the seeds in your heart. Pride will take away the power of growth so that the plans and the purposes and the dreams for your life and future will not come to pass. That's why God hates pride. James chapter four, verse six says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And that's also why God has got so many methods to keep us humble. You know, number one, his word. You, haven't op- you ever opened the U-Version app. Thank you, by the way. You open the U-Version app. I've done it so many times, and I'm expecting to find a beautiful, soothing, calming, inspiring, comforting word. And out from the app comes God's hand that slaps me in the face.) <laughs> pointing out something that is a weakness in my life or character or leadership. And I thought, oh, okay, here we go again. But you know, when God uses his word to keep you humble, it's simply so that your heart can be good ground for the seeds that are about to come up in your heart. Amen. So God uses his word. Of course, also God uses his spirit to humble us. Every time we say something that we shouldn't say or do something that we shouldn't do, and we feel that uh, nudging of the Spirit, calling us to repent, calling us to ask God for forgiveness, and also asking those we might've hurt for forgiveness. That's God humbling us by His Spirit. But the worst thing in the world, the method we hate the most, is when God uses other people to humble us that's that's really really tough and I just want to share a story with you about when that happened to me a couple of years ago okay so back home at word of life in Sweden we have a project that we call the euro tour every other year our young people our teenagers they work for about six months to put together an evangelistic outreach concert production as a mixture of music and dance and spoken word and drama and multimedia. And they work really hard for that. And then we take that on, out in Europe. About 150 to 200 teenagers go on tour in, and, and together with, with uh, churches in European capitals, we put on big outdoor concert events to reach out with the gospel. And so far we've been in 18 European nations collaborating with churches all over the place. And we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people being saved and accepting Christ in their heart as a result. So a couple of years back, I was sitting in my office. I had the the schedule for the Euro Tour. It was pretty much planned out for the upcoming summer. All of a sudden, there was a knock on my door and in comes a 14-year-old girl from our youth ministry. She is fired up. And she says, Pastor Joachim, I'm too old to even do the gestures anymore. She said, Pastor Joachim, i got this great idea. As we go on the Euro tour this summer, let's make a big fat Jesus concert at Disneyland Paris. And I smiled at her, this kind of smile. <laughs> and I thought, said to her, what? Wow, interesting idea. I thought in my, in my mind, Craziest idea ever! She's 14. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Of course, Disneyland would never allow a you know sold-out evangelistic Jesus event anywhere in their uh, in their amusement park. So I say, okay, thanks. Interesting. Now leave. (laughs) And and so, so, okay, thanks for listening, Pastor. And she left and. Honest to God, when she shut the door, her ID was already halfway down my mental waste paper basket. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, Joachim, when did you become so proud to not even consider if an ID is from me simply because the messenger is 14 years old? (laughs) And I repented. And I got that idea up and I looked at it and said, what in the world do I do with this one? I said, the only thing I can do really is to call Disneyland Paris. And I so did not want to call Disneyland Paris because I didn't wanna lose face. I didn't wanna act like a complete idiot. But you see, that's the definition of pride when you're so concerned about your own self image that you elevate that concern above your obedience to whatever the Spirit of God is telling you to do right now. So I called Disneyland Paris and I hated every second of the call. Hello, I'm a pastor from Sweden. Could we please come to your amusement park and make a big evangelistic outreach because we love Jesus and we want the world to hear the gospel? How about that? And they said, we never had that question asked before. Happy to be the first. <laughs> we talked for a while. She really wanted to end the conversation. And then she said, finally, we'll call you back. And it was one of those, yeah, we're totally gonna call you back. Not a chance. So but I, at least I knew I've done anything I could do. So a week went by and they called us back. And they said, we, we checked out your video clips that you sent This is good stuff. So even though we never done anything like this, we're willing to give you a chance. We're gonna give you a 15 minute slot on the smallest stage of Disneyland, the Winnie the Pooh stage. (laughs) Are you okay with that? We are so okay with the Winnie the Pooh. We love Winnie the Pooh. We'll, from the bottom of our hearts, Winnie the Pooh is the best. So that summer we came and as the first Christian act ever performing at Disneyland, we did a 15 minute Jesus concert on the Winnie the Pooh stage. After that concert was done, the team, the Disneyland team said, we loved it. Next time you're welcome back and we'll give you 30 minutes at the Buzz Lightyear stage. <laughs> Come on, church. (laughs) And that's like the middle stage at at Disneyland. So we came back two years later, we did a 30 minute slot Jesus concert at the Buzz Lightyear stage. They loved it again. And then they said, you know, we're gonna give you next time you come 45 minutes at the biggest stage in Disneyland. So we came back and we did a full concert at main stage, Disneyland Paris. And as this thing happened, and as our young people got crazy for Jesus on the stage, and I looked at the thousands of people listening, I thought to myself, thank God for a 14-year-old girl who heard something that I did not hear and who God used to make me a little bit more humble. Can we make some noise for Jesus? Oh Lord. When God humbles you, my friend, through His Word, His Spirit, or through other people, it's because He's about to release a brand new dream that you couldn't even dream of. He's about to start the growth process of a seed that is up until now have been hiding inside your heart. Amen? So a humble heart is the first heart attitude that is needed in order for the seeds of God to grow up in your life and come into fulfillment. Now, the second and last thing I wanna share with you is the importance also to have an open heart, an open heart. Because some of the dreams that are coming your way are way too big for the present state of your hearts. Amen? Maybe even some of the 2021 dreams needs either to be shrunk down to your present size of heart or for your heart to expand to fathom even greater dreams than you ever seen before. Amen. It says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight to nine, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, church, this is not a proclamation of how far above you God is how high he is and how low you are. This is an invitation for you to leave behind your low ways and your low thoughts and come up to his level. Because the verse right before these two, verse seven says, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. God is gonna call you. This upcoming year to expand your heart, to open your heart because there are big dreams coming your way and you need to be ready. You need to be ready for the dreams on the individual basis, for your marriage dreams, for your family dreams, for your church dreams. Life Church, I do believe the best is yet to come. You've done amazing, you've changed the world, but there are new dreams, bigger dreams. And you just need to expand your heart and prepare yourself to give in to those streams, to serve in, in seeing those streams fulfilled. Because you see the limit is not in the potential of the seed, the limit is in the size of the flower pot. You can take a seed with the potential to grow a big oak and you can put it in a small flower pot and it will come up to a certain level. And it might be a great plant and it might be beautiful to behold, but it's nowhere near the full potential of that seed. We need a bigger flower pot to grow bigger dreams. You need a bigger heart to fathom bigger dreams that are coming your way. And I just also wanna close with one more story where God really challenged me in regards to expanding my heart. Okay, so a few years ago, I took my core staff on a cruise in the Baltic Sea in Scandinavia. Okay, American people, going on a cruise in the Baltic Sea of Scandinavia is not anywhere near like going on a cruise in the Bahamas. Okay, we're a completely different place, okay? People who go on cruises in the Baltic Sea in Scandinavia go for one of two reasons, either to buy endless amounts of alcohol and get drunk, or to use the very good conference facilities. Oh, please note, we went for number two, okay? <laughs> so we got uh, on board and we had great time with the staff. We did planning, strategizing, praying, great fellowship. And I remember that in between two sessions, I got up and I can, I can just see this before, my, before me, it was so clear. I had a coffee cup in my hand and I was moving toward the coffee machine because I'm a Swede and, and we can't live without coffee. When there's too much blood in our coffee system, we have to do something about that. So, and I remember walking up to the coffee machine, I had a new thought. Could we rent this entire cruise ship? Could we bring on 2000 on fire Jesus loving teenagers and do a youth conference at sea? Immediately in my other ear, there was another whisper saying, it's impossible. It will cost millions. You can't afford it. It's never been done before. But then in my other ear again, a little voice said, remember Disneyland. (laughs) And I remember Disneyland. And I shared this with my team and we started praying and we prayed, Lord, expand our hearts. If this is from you, even though the dream is crazy big and seem completely uh, unreachable and is something that no one has ever done before give us the faith to believe for the impossible because god has not called us to build a natural church but a supernatural church and we can't do that by our own faith we need his faith in our hearts amen so um i called a cruise ship company i'm getting quite used to these calls now these humbling calls i said hello I'm a pastor from Sweden. We'd like to know if we could rent your, your biggest ship and do a big fat youth conference at sea. And he said, we never had that question asked before. I said, happy to be the first. <laughs> and, and we talked about it and said, that it's not gonna be really possible. It's gonna be incredibly expensive. And I said, oh, by the way, this is a Christian youth conference. So no alcohol can be served at all on board. And he said, you are crazy. Our our take-in for alcohol is $1 million per day. Imagine the amount of money we would lose. Was it? say, sorry, that's the condition. He said, we will call you back. And we hung up and we, we started praying and believing God for greater things. What we did not know was that the CEO of the big cruise ship company at that time, since a few months back, had had a real problem with his conscience. Because he realized that I made my fortune from pouring alcohol into people and destroying so many people's lives and so many marriages. All of a sudden he heard that there's this Christian group who wants to rent a boat to do a non-alcoholic youth conference in the name of Jesus. He called the board together and he said, we need to do this for the sake of our own hearts. He was not a Christian or anything but the Holy Spirit was upon this whole process. So what they did was they took the full cost for us to rent this cruise ship. They cut it down by 80%. And all of a sudden, it came within reach. So we rented the biggest cruise ship in Scandinavia. and we brought on board 2,000 on fire Jesus-loving teenagers, and we had youth meetings, and we had concerts, and we had prayer nights, and we had seminars, and we had salvations, and no one who was on board this ship will ever, never, ever forget it. We turned this place into a church for Jesus Christ. National media in Sweden wrote all about it, saying, obviously, God is not dead after all. And I just love the fact that God challenged us to dream big. And as a result came a national statement of God's power and the next generation following Jesus Christ. I just wanna share one last anecdote of this whole story. You see, when they built these cruise ships, they they build them in a way to distribute the weight of the passengers evenly. There will be like one restaurant in the front and one in the back and and everything made out so that the weight of the passengers will be evenly spread. Nobody told us about that. So what we did, we just found the biggest theater on board, which was right at the back and we jam-packed all 2,000 kids in that theater and no one on the rest of the ship. And when we got them in the back of the ship, what did we do? We cramped up the praise and worship and everybody started jumping up and down. The captain freaked out. For the first time in his life, he felt the whole ferry doing that. And I thought to myself, I would have given anything to sit on an island in the Swedish archipelago and see the biggest cruise ship in Scandinavia pass by going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's give it up. (laughs) And I'm just praying now that God will be able to break this message down to the exact place where you are. As an individual, as a marriage, as a family, if the, your church, if you're a pastor or a leader, God has got seeds in the ground and the rain is coming your way. Let us walk into 2021 with humble hearts, but also open hearts and full of expectancy for every single miracle we're about to see and every single mighty work of God that we are about to experience. Let me just pray God's blessing over you. Father I thank you in Jesus name for every single one in all the physical locations, everyone watching online Father and I thank you that you have great plans, you have called every single one from before the foundation of the world you have placed seeds in their hearts, knitting them together in their mother's womb and now they can be everything you've already made them, so Father I pray in Jesus name as we now enter 2021 that we will enter with humble hearts, that our pride will not stand in the way of your work of the spirit in and through our lives and we pray father that our hearts will be able to expand to fathom all the great and beautiful and wonderful dreams that you have in store for this upcoming year i speak blessing over every single one within the reach of my voice i pray blessing over life church father as they go into this new year i thank you for expansion and breakthroughs and miracles this we pray in jesus mighty name Amen.